0: Poke the Bear episode 159, presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Baranofsky. Connor,
1: what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. Doing great. It is uh it you know, we're almost in mid-August here. Seasons training camps coming soon. Coming soon. It's it's right around the corner. Uh, how are you? Are you doing anything fun the last couple free or quote-unquote you know free of hockey weekends of uh, of the summer anything cool
1: no i feel like august is always like it gets kind of hyped up it's the last hurrah like no usually it's it's like the sunday scaries of the calendar it's like yeah you go you try to go hang out it's too hot uh in august there's not like nearly as much to do people are starting to get more busy with their schedules uh, i'm just gonna just hanging around doing some patriot stuff right now but I don't know. Think I think August might be one of the worst months out of the calendar. Yeah, there might be a hot take. I know there's like January through March is a bit of a slog, even April, a little rainy. But uh, I don't know, man, not a big fan of August. You,
0: you know, it's interesting you mentioned August because growing up, I remember like when uh, you would have the summer vacation from school. You know, June was awesome. And and even May was great because, you know, June was right around the corner. And then June school ends and then July is, you know, a great month, and then August comes, and like August first hits, and you're like, "Oh, I'm going back to school in less than like 30 days," yeah, and the, the sort of the to countdown to it. Yeah, not. not yeah, good. yeah, and it just it hits you. So I actually agree. I, you know, again, I wouldn't put August in the same category as you know a January or a March. I love February because it's my birthday month, and I, you know, March I also kind of like his March Madness um but yeah august is very overrated i think august is not as great a month as uh you know it's it's sort of it's sort of good cuz of the crew it's with but mm-hmm. i think if you just isolate yeah, august it, on, it's, its sandwich you know? it's
1: you know like that that you'll always see that reaction post on twitter where it's like the soldiers lined up at the door <laughs> and it's the, <laughs> the one clown <laughs> that's like august next to that's august next to like july september and october all all elite months in my opinion yes but, yeah, it's not that, – that's where August kind of fits into the fits into the picture.
0: Well, it's sort of like a, to do a Bruins one. Remember when Matt Bolesky was was great going into his free agency year because he played with, like, Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff, and then he comes <laughs> to the Bruins, he's kind of on his own, and he's not the same. That's kind of like August. You know, you take it away from – August gets carried by June, July, yes. May. You want to throw September in there. They all <laughs> kind of carry August. But, yeah, I mean, August – I agree. We're going to the Cape uh, this weekend, uh, me and some, and some friends, and – uh, excited for it, definitely excited, you know, never gonna say no to the cape. Um, but it's getting to the point where it's like, all right, let's sorry, let's come on, let's let's go with this thing. So uh anyways, uh, thankfully hockey is uh is right around the corner. Lots of great stuff coming up uh in September. And it's interesting because Jeremy Swayman held a uh, a press conference uh on Tuesday about his uh his arbitration hearing and that then the fact that he'll be back. Uh, and I had the comments up initially of what he said, but uh, in your story, but it took it Twitter like closes it after a second, you know, uh, and it's interesting though, because he's in Boston because he's been in Boston all summer uh, because he says he he doesn't want to feel the way he felt after game seven ever again. And we'll get into the arbitration stuff in a second once I pull the quotes up, but I think it's pretty encouraging that, you know, your future, hopefully number one goalie uh, felt so strongly about about uh how bad things ended in the spring, that he said, I want to stick around here this summer and just kind of keep the ball rolling.
1: Yeah. No, I i asked him that that question in the presser because I think one thing it kind of stuck with me from the last time we spoke with him, which was on breakup day, one one quote he had talking about kind of moving past this, I think it was like the highest peaks come from the deepest valleys and how he, he kind of views Ooh. that as yeah, he's got <laughs> he was in his bag, he was spitting. Uh but you know stuff like that where it's you know in you know taking this motivation and making the most of obviously what was a, a brutal ending uh, you know however way you want to paint it after uh, this last season and you know it seems like he's really bought into it in terms of just you know taking that next step forward whether it's staying here a lot in Boston to train he said it's probably the best training year he's had um, and you know it's not just the fact that it, it's good for a player to show that motivation and drive after a season that you know was so promising for so long just abruptly ends but. Bruins are also kind of going to need it, right? Like, it's whether it's uh, the need to have your defense and goaltending, you know, take another step uh, step up when you're losing so much scoring depth, whether the fact that, you know, Lina Solmark's a very accomplished goaltender, but I don't think it's really fair on him to expect him to, like, win a Vezina again or to play at that that same level, those video game-like numbers. So to have your, your number two goalie who I think would be the number one for a lot of different teams – uh, show that commitment to this offseason by spending a lot of time in the gym, really working on his craft. It's encouraging, right? Like I think it's you when you kind of gauge how these athletes you know deal with adversity or things when they go wrong. Uh, you I think you always like to think that all these guys are just hardwired to just go right back to the gym, but when you have a, a season end like that, it, it takes a hit on everyone. But to have it be a situation where uh, he's immediately gone uh to you know use it as motivation and try moving forward uh it's encouraging to see from a guy that you expect is going to be a big part of the team going forward
0: yeah I mean, a- absolutely for sure um i finally pulled up the arbi- i pulled i pulled up the arbitration quotes it took me a second it took me a little bit of time
1: uh because it, it comes you were like you were like dan flashes like trying
0: to... <laughs> just trying to read in between the lines uh <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, Swayman said this and I thought it was interesting about, uh, about arbitration. And I think we we're chuckling over the same thing. Um, uh, but Swayman said an interesting thing. He said, it wasn't a process I wanted to go through, but I understand that it's a business. Always fun when a player says it's a business. Cause I remember when Tory Krug was going through his thing, the minute he said business, he said, Oh, that guy is oh. out the door. Um, but I understand that it's a business. And in the end, I'm grateful. I went through it because I have so many things to be grateful for, um, And then he went on to say, I think the biggest thing is living day by day, understanding that what you hear might not be the truth at all times. And again, it's a business. I wanted to make sure that whatever was thrown my way, I was going to be able to attack with a good mindset and make sure that I, at the end of the day, I was doing everything I could to be a Boston Bruin. Now I'm here today and I am a Bruin. I couldn't be happier. There's no ill will on the process because I understand that. I'm not the first player to go through it. I'm not the last, but I definitely don't wish it upon any of my friends and teammates moving forward and I don't want to do it ever again as well. So grateful I went through it. Glad I got it done. I'm a Boston Bruin at the end of the day. Uh, that sounds like a guy again. Happy to be here. A little bit scarred from that. Uh, that's a big thing for a young player like him to go through, especially someone that you expect to be here a long time um now do i think that you know should we be concerned that there's hard feelings between the two no but what was said was said and i know it's a business but sometimes in those negotiations sometimes in those things guys can react differently to the truth and i think if you read between the lines there of course he's happy to be here of course he wants to be here but that just kind of sounds like a scarring experience for for someone like him and maybe a teeny bit of a blemish on what up to that point was a very good uh, record of time here.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's a reason why uh, players don't want to go to arbitration hearings. There's really not much to be gained from it because, let's face it, uh, there's very few cases in which I think w- when you list the different uh, what the team presents, what you present, very rarely do you actually get all of what you're asking for. You're <laughs> going to fall somewhere in the middle. So you're already not going to get exactly what you're setting down there, which I know it's a strategy involved. You kind of overshoot anyway. I digress. But uh, you're not going to get probably what you're hoping to get in terms of your pay. And you're going to have pretty much the team that drafted you developed you that you've uh, devoted a lot of your time and effort towards uh, pretty much tell you why you're not worth that much money and reasons why. And it's not fun. There's a reason why a lot of uh, you don't really see a lot of arbitration hearings actually commence. I mean, even Trent Frederick and the Bruins were like an hour away from starting a hearing. They finally bridged the gap very late. Like, Teams don't want to do it and players don't want to do it because, again, as much as it's a business and you look past it, having like, you know, <laughs> your your team that you play for get a little PowerPoint presentation to be like, you're worth this much money because of this and these shortcomings and how much you played, which, again, if you're in Swingwood's camp, you could be like, well, I'm the number two goalie. On, I would be the number one on 25 different teams. I was right up there in terms of my Baseline numbers, underlying numbers, all that stuff. Like, it's not fun. It's not good to hear those things, especially when at the end of the day it all comes down to money and and what it is. It's You know, Bruins would love to have Jeremy Swayman, but with the way the the, the cap is, you know, one of the hands they're dealt is having to kind of go through the mud with these kind of things uh, in terms of bridging that gap with the contract. So, again, every player reacts to it differently. Like, uh, not much of a surprise that Jeremy Swayman did not enjoy it. I think he said later on, I don't wish it on my – teammates or friends maybe his enemies i don't know maybe, maybe his enemies go- he didn't
0: yeah. say his enemies so maybe he does wish yeah. on his enemies
1: but uh like is jeremy swammy going to be like taping the powerpoint presentation slides to like his is like ceiling to stare at them at night like i don't think that's the case but uh it's not it's not fun it's not great um and it's all about how you're building towards it again uh can you know this is just like speculating or riffing on my part but if it's him signing a one-year deal maybe the concession there for having to go through that kind of ugly part of the negotiation process is rounding it back next year and actually giving him a contract in with term security and especially a higher pay bump. Maybe that's a concession. because Again, Bruins don't want to do this and Jeremy swimming sure didn't want to do that. And he made it kind of known in his uh, latest press conference.
0: Yeah. You nailed it at the end there. I mean, that could absolutely be a concession. And we talked about this when he signed that deal of like, Hey, this is a good opportunity for him to prove that he's worth long-term good money And lock him up long-term next season when the cap um, goes up, hopefully, and when you have more cap space. So I agree. Maybe that's a concession. I mean, again, most of our listeners have probably been through their own negotiations, whether it be at their job or whatever it might be. It's never fun. It's never fun. Because when you're negotiating for more money, the other side typically comes up with reasons of why you shouldn't. Now imagine a whole PowerPoint or a whole like tons of stats of why you shouldn't, you know, like, like real tangible stuff. You're like, Ooh, I didn't really want to hear that. Oh, I didn't really want to hear that either. Uh, but do I think it, you know, do I think in the next couple of years, he leaves the Bruins and then cites the arbitration hearing as to why he left? No, probably not. Um, but again, you, you, with a guy like Swayman a, a franchise cornerstone piece, you don't want these blemishes on there. And it's unfortunate that it got to this point, um, but hopefully, again, it, it, it uh, you know, I think that both sides will be fine uh, in the long game.
1: Football season is about to kick off, and Fanduel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, is that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many touchdowns Mac Jones is going to throw this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many wins the Bruins are going to have in 2023-24. Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com Boston. 21 plus and present in mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. Max bonus of $50 unless specified otherwise. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here to gamblinghelpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24 7 support play it smart from the start go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234
0: speaking of uh different sides he spoke a lot Swayman uh, spoke a lot about olmark and his partnership with him and how they both elevate each other's games and how they're very important and they love each other and this and that. And that, you know, at the, at the root of their relationship of the hugs, you know, they have to push each other. They have to keep each other going because if one falls off, the other just takes the net. Um, but again, we've seen some arguments. We've heard a lot uh, throughout the off season, especially from sports radio uh, about why uh, that tandem should have been broken up. And uh, you know, it's funny going into this off season, if the trade market wasn't as bad as it was and the Bruins had a little more cap space, I'd have been okay with trading goal, Mark. Cause again, I think that, you know, if you get something legitimate for him, if you get a top six center or you got like a first round pick or something, I think that's all right. You know, I think that's okay. But given how bad the trade market was given how just bad your cap situation was Bergeron and Cratchit retired, you're not getting, you know, you're probably not getting your guy in, in, the trade market to replace uh patrice bergeron I, I don't think you can split them up i think they have to go into the season as a tandem what do you think
1: yeah i think it all revolves around where the team currently is at and what kind of hands were dealt to the bruins this offseason as, as you said because i think we already discussed it like if you know omar's value is high if if moving him gets you a first round pick or gets you a key piece back you know as if it's a uh, Elias Lindholm or someone like that, then yeah, like you have to weigh those options. I'm not to say that that he was a fluke at all by Olmark. He's a he's a very accomplished goaltender, even during his time with a very bad Buffalo team. Like it's not someone you you actively search to, to move. But if you're looking for assets that can get uh, taken away from an area of strength, it's probably the goaltending situation. But as you said, like look at where the team is now. If you were able to get a, a top six center on the market, uh, then all of a sudden Gallant Goldmark's a little bit more expendable. But the way the team's constituted now, you you know, the Bruins up front have one of the biggest talent drains you've probably seen in one offseason by a team, whether it's Bergeron, most likely Krejci, uh Taylor Hall, Pertuzzi, all these guys like Foligno further down the lineup, a whole bunch of players. Um, you're going to have to rely on your goaltending or defense to kind of not bail you out, but that has to be the bedrock of your success, right? You're not going to have any games where Bruins are going to be winning 5-1 or anything like that. It's going to be 2-1. Uh, really close games grinded out and again if you're looking for a formula to kind of remain in the playoff picture and be a, a tough out I guess over the course of a long season investing heavily in your goaltending and your defense is going to be a big part of that so again if the if other situations happen the Bruins are able to add more talent up front or chain more players then maybe you like more where your team is at where you can maybe subtract from what was arguably one of the better goaltending duos we've seen in years uh, with the Bruins this last year but that's not the case. You got to do with kind of what you have, and if you're the Bruins, keeping on to two really established goaltenders like that, um, along with a very good defense, seems like the safest kind of cor- uh, course to kind of chart out here right? as you kind of see what your next options are. We all look at towards 2024 and the uh, cap space and all that stuff. So you got to get through this year, and you still got to be competitive. And probably the best way to do that, or the most soundproof way to do it, has to be looking at um, you know your goaltending, your defense. That has to be the key there.
0: This is what I keep going back to is you just like, you're sort of like the Nashville predators uh, of a few years ago, like where you're built from the back out, you know, you're built on defense, you're built in net. You've, you know, it's funny going into this off season, the strength was the wings and that seemed to, you know, go away over this off season. Same with at center, right? Bergeron and likely Krejci gone. Uh, Obviously that leaves a huge, huge hole, uh, two huge holes. uh, If Krejci goes too. So again, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to just cause chaos to cause chaos, you know? Like, I I don't want to just trade Olmark for the sake of trading him. Oh, let's see what it shakes up. Like, I think Olmark has value. I've said it before. I think if they are not good this year and they are, you know, out of the playoff picture around the deadline, I would be fine with that. You know, getting a first, a prospect uh, for a guy like Olmark or DeBrusque. Like, I'm okay with that. But going into this season... I think you handcuffed yourself. Cause again, I mean, you've lost a lot offensively. You also lost Dimitri Orloff on defense, which we'll get to in a second. Um, why not come back with the big strength of yours? Cause again, I, I, and I think Jim Montgomery hopefully learned, you know, they have to figure out a way to do, you know, if they get to the playoffs, you have to figure out a way to do the tandem. This tandem has yet to win a playoff series yet in two seasons. Like at some point that's gotta, that's gotta happen. Um, and you can't just do the one goalie thing. So, You know, but again, I think both of them playing together, you can figure out the playoffs when you get to it. Why not during the regular season, do what has worked? Use the tandem. Um, So again, I'm fine with that. Um, And as I've said, like, I I think we talked about this a lot when the off season first kind of hit, like I was for it. I was for trading Olmark until you saw how bad the trade market was until you really saw just how much the Bruins were going to lose. Because again, I mean, initially we thought, oh, trade Hall to keep Pertuzzi. You traded Hall, you lost Bertuzzi, you've now lost Bergeron, probably Krejci. Like, you need to keep something stable in this lineup. There's going to be a lot of un, you know instability up front. Don't create instability in the back just for the sake of it. So, um, again, I know it's fun to do the trade proposals. It's fun to say, oh, us to Winnipeg, or which, again, I don't know why Winnipeg would be on this list of teams
1: to yeah, be I dealt should. to. <laughs> I, I can't imagine they were.
0: I can't imagine that was a team that he was, you know, ready to pack up and uh, and and go for. Um, but you know, it's funny you, you mentioned the defense a little bit, and it's an interesting thing because they lost Orloff, they lost Clifton, they gained Shattenkirk, uh BU guy, um, and you kind of posed this question to me: Can they be better than they were last year? Even better than they were last year?
1: I mean, I think it's tough when you look within the context of the fact that they set all records last year, but I think the big thing is I can't I don't see really a steep decline from what you've seen from this team in terms of one the guys are bringing in the potential for other guys to step up as the year goes on I think there's other like guys that people kind of forget like what their situations were last year right so I I look at someone like will Linton be as good I don't know maybe he takes a slight step back from kind of this top five Norris candidacy that he was at last year but I think you look at like Charlie McAvoy, where he was, where obviously he's still an impactful player, one of the best all-around defender in the game. He was still like not 100 percent right the entire year in terms of coming back from that uh, offseason uh, surgery that kind of had him on the mend. And even though didn't miss a whole lot of time, there still is, you know, the the challenge of coming back from an entire off-season of that, playing kind of catch up and not kind of feeling settled in your role. Yeah. Um, Different sport, but I remember like over at training camp this past couple weeks, Hunter Henry, the tight end for the Patriots, was talking about how last year he had shoulder surgery, wasn't able to really work out, do a whole bunch of stuff the offseason. Was cleared by training camp, but never really felt right. And like this year, it's been n- night and day in terms of how he's felt. And there is that added extra, um, you know, capability of being able to have a full offseason to yourself to work out, get ready, get locked into the season that can pay dividends. And it's not like Nacker you know, fully in his prime, right? Like he can still has more room to grow there. So if he takes step forward, uh, his there's progress there. Um, you know, again, I don't I don't expect someone to like like Lori to make the team out of out of camp or anything like that. He needs a lot more seasoning, but there's growth there. But I think Shatten a pretty good fit for what you're expecting out of him, right? Like he's been on some bad teams out in Anaheim, but um played a key role on that lightning team. I think for what his role is going to be, it's kind of how we talked about with all these freezing signings and where they fit for what their roles are. If Shattenkirk, who's a top four guy in Anaheim, is relegated to more to a third-pairing guy in a, a reserve role but has the ability to get some power play minutes, can be kind of a physical player, um, I think there's value there. So I don't really see, like, a steep drop-off necessarily in terms of um, where the Bruins are defensively, especially in their own zone. Like, I think, obviously, you'd love to have Orlov, but I kind of found that Orlov's bigger – impact was offensively, which is not what I think yes. a lot of us expected. So if you still have a sound structured defense in front of you and barring injury or a steep drop off from Omar or Swayman, like you're going to have a top five defense again, if not top three, right? Like they, they still don't look like they're, they have the pieces that are due to drop off or, or weak links in the armor or anything like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, this is still the same franchise that for years has been very sound defensively. And again, you just, you you lost Orloff and Clifton from the back end. I mean, you look at, you know, you mentioned like guys taking steps forward. McAvoy, I think has a lot more to give even after last season. Um, Carlo's an interesting one because it's sort of like, what do we got here? Like, what can he bring you? And there were times, you know, definitely last year he was stable. There've been times where you don't notice him as much. Um, I think they would love and I think Bruins fans would love the Bruins would love uh, for him to sort of be a dominant force um, as sort of a big right shot top four defender. Um, And also, like, where does Grizzly go from here? You know, especially if he's with McAvoy, you'd expect, you know, a little bit of a step forward. Um, If it's Forbert and Shattenkirk on that third pairing, like, what are they bringing you? Um, And also, like, how big is the step back that Lindholm takes? Maybe it won't be that big. You know, maybe it's going to be similar to what he did this year. It's the regular season, uh, maybe a little less pressure during it. So I agree with you. You know, do I think they're going to be better than last year? No, I don't. Do I think they're going to be, you know, top five in the league? Probably. Yeah. I mean, they were number one last year. (laughs) Like, So again, I expect them to be somewhere in that ballpark um, of what they can be. And, you know, guys getting older, taking steps forward, um, you know, and I agree with you, though. I don't think low rise ready. I I, we've talked about this. Like, I I don't think low rise coming up and making an impact. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong on that. I hope he, you know, somehow just freaking tears up Providence and they have to call him up mid season. But again, I think a year of seasoning for him would be, would be a very good thing. So yeah, I mean, on the back end, it's a good cast. It's a good cast. You know, it's what you had pre deadline last year. And that was still really, really good. Um, and the other question is sort of like no Bergeron. What does that do for your team defense? You know, yeah. like, that's Still 20 minutes a night that you know, 20 22 minutes a night that you had him out there. So, um, uh, I'm curious what the, the ramifications are of that. That's why I'm not ready to say like they're going to be better than, than last year, but uh, I do think they're still going to be highly effective. And you know, it you know, they should make the playoffs as a wild card team. This will be the biggest reason why. <laughs> like, and if they don't, this will also probably be the biggest reason why. If if Swayman or Olmark <laughs> regress or, or this defense uh, regresses a bit, but, uh, that is this episode of poke the bear. Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at boston.com and the Boston globe?
1: Yeah, we're going to have you covered throughout these, uh, final weeks of the Bruins off season, whether it's looking at, you know, lineup decisions, younger players, uh, all that good stuff. We'll have it over at boston.com along with everything that's happening in Boston sports. I was over at a Wu Sox game yesterday this week. I'll have you covered whatever's going on in Boston sports. I'll be there so you can read my stuff and all the stuff our staff puts out uh, day in and day out over at boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Go do all that. That's Poke the Bear presented by FanDuel. Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.